We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Mile High Huddle Podcast with your football priests, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Mile High Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest and partner in crime co-host the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com zach kelberman zach broncos officially have a new strength and conditioning coach lauren landau that's all in the past now that hopefully that that's water that has been washed out to sea under when we talk about water going under the bridge you had the article for us so tell everybody what we know about is it Dalrymple? I, I don't know. I'm not going Dalrymple. there. Dalrymple. Dalrymple. Okay. Dan Dalrymple. I'm going to just uh, roll with that pronunciation. It sounds pretty good. He is a longtime or former longtime strength and conditioning coach from the Saints. He was with Sean Payton his entire tenure there. So 2006 through 2021. In 2021, he uh, won strength and conditioning coach of the year. I forget by which organization. He also won a couple strength and conditioning awards in 2009 during the Saints Super Bowl season. So a very highly regarded SNC coach, a guy who's been around and he looks like he gets some energy out of his players, or at least he commands a room pretty well. One tangent I want to go on really quickly. I'm the furthest thing, Chad, you know me very well. Furthest thing from a social justice warrior but when I tweeted this story out and I used this picture, a lot of people were immediate, uh, immediately fat shaming Dan Dalrymple or judging him based on his appearance, saying they want a coach who's more in shape, I guess. I don't really understand the correlation. I'm not going to go on too much of a rant here, but Laura Landau was in great shape or is in great shape. And how did that turn out for the Broncos? Not very well. If he can coach, he can coach. That's what it boils down to. He is known for minimizing risk, minimizing injury. That's exactly what the Broncos need after 25 players were on IR under the fit Lauren Lando. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where, you know, if you're the Denver Broncos, you got nowhere to go but up relative to injuries, strength and conditioning. And I'll grant that it is um, – you know, conspicuous to see a guy be hired as the new strength and conditioning coach in charge of these things, and he doesn't look to be all that conditioned himself. I, I understand the irony, um, but the guy's track record is what we're 
we really need to sink our teeth into in terms of what matters the most here. So, and it's another one of those hashtag in Sean we trust type of moves. So this is a guy that's got some skins on the wall. And look, Lauren Landau, he can go back to doing what he does, coaching players personally. He has his facility um, in Colorado, and he can do his thing. But it was time for a change. I was hoping, I was holding out a dim hope that the Broncos might try to rekindle things with Luke Richardson, who um, after leaving the Broncos to take a, a, a better job with a title, an upgrade, whatever you want, promotion is the word I'm looking for here, with Houston, he only lasted there one year. Then came back to Denver is the last reporting I can find on it. But no, they're going with Dalrymple, and I'm stoked. It's cool. Guy's got a good resume, and let's go. It quite literally cannot get worse for the Broncos. And before it turns into a Lauren Landau pro versus anti-debate, it wasn't just last year with 25 players on IR. It was every single year from 2018. Didn't matter the coaches, didn't matter the players. The Broncos were perennially one of the most beat up and injured teams in the league. If Dalrymple can change that just a little bit, he's an upgrade and a good hire by Sean Payton. Michaela Israel jumping in with a great new YouTube profile pick rocking her MHH uh, hoodie, right? It's the hoodie or is it the t-shirt? I'm trying to remember, but either way, we love you, Michaela. Thank you for the super chat. She says, Mike Kliss of nine news says that we should know who the DC is going to be tomorrow or Wednesday. And that also Kliss reported for what it's worth, big news, everybody, you know, Vance Joseph, <clears throat> pardon me, was his interview last eight hours on Friday. Well, it turns out Rex's interview was also an all-day affair. Zach, your thoughts for Michaela? I This says to me what I said last night, that Sean Payton is just very thorough and he's very detailed and wants to get to know his assistants. And these are top flight assistants. These are coordinators. And the defensive coordinator under Sean Payton would be the head coach of that side of the ball. So it's important he gets the right guy. And I'm not reading too much into it. I think anyone he'd interview, whether it's Chris Richard, Sean Desai, Rex Ryan, Vance Joseph, they all got that long block of time. But because we're short on storylines and headlines right now, you put eight hours in there, and that's what uh, gets remembered. Thank you, Michaela. Appreciate you. It's great to see you. And I also appreciate all your support on Bridge the Gap. You're awesome. Um, yeah, we'll know. We've, we've known for a while that, hey, we'll know when we know. As far as the Broncos' timeline, Sean Payton's timeline to make the hire, Zach, do you have a bold prediction for who it's going to be? If indeed Cliss ends up being right, and he often is on these things, he's the number one kind of insider mouthpiece for the Broncos, even with the new regime here. Do you have a prediction who that name might be tomorrow or Wednesday? I saw on Twitter a couple of days ago that Cliss categorized Rex as a long shot to get the job. I don't know if that's changed, but no one knows anything. Greg Penner, George Payton, Rob Walton, the entire group are keeping this thing buttoned up. I'm going to say, though, they've tipped their hand a little bit by hiring Mike Westoff and Ben Kotwika. Kotwika as the special teams and assistant head coach. They were two assistants who worked with Rex in New York when he was the head coach. I got to believe he's the favorite right now. If he wants the job, the job will be his. Plus, uh, and this kind of ties into Drake's super chat, which we'll get in just a second, brother. Hang tight. We know that two of the coaches who are being retained by Sean Payton, the position coaches, are Secondary coach, Christian Parker, who's developing himself a very strong reputation around the league. And defensive line coach, Marcus Dixon, who has a history playing for Rex Ryan back in the day. So 
you wonder, hey, are we checking with Rex before we make some of these decisions and leak some of this information out? Uh, but, you know, uh, friend 104.3, the fan guy and uh, Denver fan writer Cecil Lamming, he makes a good point, Zach, that and you brought this up. The Walton Penners are running a tight ship as far as leaks go, right? Loose lips sink ships. Uh, so most of the information that is breaking relative to your Denver Broncos on any of these topics, where it's actually coming from is not the Valley. It's coming from the agents, all right? It's coming from the, the the involved agents in a given situation. So we'll see. But Drake, thank you for the super chat, big dog. Check out Drake's work that he does for uh, our sister site, the Horseshoe Huddle, covering the Indianapolis Colts. He does really good work. Um, Marcus, good to see you across the pond. Uh, he's gone. What happened to Drake? I, I can't get his uh, – He's his super's gone. Where'd he go? I'll find it. Hold on. He says – with Sertan and Simmons being studs, do you think Rex Ryan could take this defense to an even higher level? Denver has a seriously talented defense. 2022 is an outlier. Um, yeah, especially the way it kind of ended for the Broncos. It was really good. Really, it started to teeter-totter, Zach, about the time Bradley Chubb was dealt because that just ended up being the straw that broke the camel's back. Not because he was the you know Vaughn Miller by any stretch, but because – it turned out he was kind of the, you know, finger in the dike, the last guy keeping this from coming through uh, the water from just busting out because of all the injuries. But what's your answer for Drake here as far as Rex taking this defense to an even higher level? I think, I don't think, I know that Rex Ryan would take it to a different level. He would bring or keep in place what Vic Fangio and Ajiro Evero set before him, the foundation, the 3-4 alignment, and all the different coverages. But the mentality and the intangibles that he brings to the table would push that defense over the top. Can you imagine Randy Gregory in a Rex Ryan defense? The guy would play with his hair on fire every down. They need more of that. You know, Drake talks about Sertan and Simmons. What did Rex Ryan thrive with in New York and in Buffalo to some extent? A really, really solid secondary. If you thought PS2 was good before, wait until the defense is actually getting more sacks consistently, getting more pressure, being more aggressive, and holding that for an entire season, Chad, not falling off a cliff by midseason due to one circumstance or the other. He's going to have these players running through a brick wall for him on every down. It's the type of dog mentality. I've mentioned this before. They've long lacked and need ASAP. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Agreed. He's my he's my first choice. Uh, then Desai, Sean Desai. Then you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blink too hard at Advanced Joseph if he ends up being the higher. But we'll see. Sam Bam, thank you for your patience, big dog. We're gonna circle back right now to the strength and conditioning topic. He wants to know. Uh, hopefully the new strength and conditioning coach and staff solves the long-term injury curse the Broncos have had for the last six years, or is it a curse? Hmm? Go Broncos. If it's a curse, then, you know, you're going to need some kind of a, um, you know, witch doctor to come in and, and snap the curse or whatever. But Zach, what's your answer here? He wants to know six years. It's kind of been, I mean, really to me, it was when, Luke Richardson left, which was let's I'll do the math. So 2018, I believe, was his last season in Denver. I if I remember right, 19, 20, 21, 22. So, you know, four years, 19. Yeah, four years that uh, Lauren Landau was operating things and uh, didn't go so hot. What's your answer? I don't think it's a curse. I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's bad luck. You know, maybe luck played a small factor in that, but it wasn't just one season. It was a trend consistently year in and year out. They had to try something different. You know, people are caping for Lauren Landau saying he fell on the sword for the Broncos terrible season last year, but he didn't. He fell on the sword for his own incompetency and his own mismanagement with Broncos players. There were way too many soft tissue injuries. Chad and I were among the first to call it out three, four years ago. Uh, ACL injuries, year in and year out. You can't have what was it, $40 million, $35 million of the salary cap tied up on IR last year? It's unacceptable. If any other position coach, coordinator, whatever, would consistently fail year in and year out like Landau did, they'd be fired. So at this point, they had to try something new. I don't know if Dow Rimple, I'll get it eventually. I don't know if he'll be a slam dunk upgrade on Landau, but they had to go in a different direction. They just had to. Exactly. You know, and it's tricky. It's complex when it comes to strength coaches because the only skins that you can really measure on their wall is injuries and, you know, relatively how healthy a team is. But, um, it, again, with regard to Lauren Landau, it would be one thing if it was one season of bad luck, maybe two, but when it's been every year and then it just compounds and gets worse each year and snowballs, that just tells you that systematically something's off. So the Broncos, they finally figured it out the hard way, granted. And uh, rejoice. Marcus, love you, big dog. Appreciate you across the pond with some stars. He's saying MHH forever. Buckham, indeed. Buckham, check out the T-shirt like David got. David got himself a Buckham T-shirt. We just flexed him out on uh, Twitter. We'll flex him out on Instagram after the podcast. Appreciate you sending that in. Uh, Papa Bear, that's that's his new nickname, David McElrath, a.k.a. Papa Bear on the show. That's how he's known. That's what he's how, how he's known uh, in his life, etc. It's a nickname, so... Good to see you, David. Appreciate you, my brother. Um, all right, so, Zach, your thoughts on, as I mentioned, all right, we know two coaches that are being retained, all right, but one in particular, and it was ironic, of course, I opted to write about this today. Hey, who knows? 
Zach Azani, who's got a really good reputation around the league, coaching wideouts. You know, he's presided over some good stuff since uh, he joined the staff. I want to say Zach, it was under BJ. Um, yeah. Back in the day. Anyway, literally like hit enter articles out within 30 minutes. News breaks that he's uh, Broncos are letting him go and he's taking a job with Nathaniel Hackett in New York. So how big of a loss is that? And do you feel like, as I do, as much as I respect him as a, as a coach, and I feel like he's got some, uh, you know, he's got some, you know, skins on the wall. He's got some himself seemed to kind of fade a little bit the last couple of years, as far Mm -hmm. as the production at wide receiver took a little long for Jerry Judy to blossom. KJ Hamler still hasn't blossomed. The one shining thing he's got on his resume, Zach Azani, for being honest, is that Cortland Sutton Pro Bowl year in 2019. I actually have the article coming up for the website right after the pod goes live. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. He was hired in uh, 2018 under VJ. And in researching and remembering what Azani has brought to the table, I wouldn't say he's chopped liver as a coach. You know, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, you mentioned Sutton's Pro Bowl year. They both earned lucrative extensions in 2021. And Judy, for Jerry, Judy had a breakout last year, Chad. He led the Broncos in catches, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. So some of that has to be credited to Zach Azani. But I feel like, to your point, the momentum and his star has faded a little bit in recent years because none of those receivers have really stepped up into that top 10 top five stratosphere in the NFL but then again all those things that are working against the players the receivers were working against the receivers coach I mean the quarterbacking the injuries the play calling and so on and so forth I think Azani people are overrating him just a little bit they're you know they're acting like he's John Madden of receiver coaches but he's a good coach in his own right and it was a good get for Nathaniel Hackett Agreed. Um, kind of, that's a good reminder, though. The Tim Patrick, that's a skin on the wall. I mean, Tim going from being cast off, who was it? Was it the Ravens? And then the Broncos yeah. land him, and he goes from being a bubble guy to making the roster. And then he goes in the, the Case Keenum year from being kind of a fourth, fifth option dude to in 2019 in the, in the uh, wake of. DT getting traded and then Emmanuel Sanders leaving eventually and all that stuff. Tim Patrick really emerged and became, you know, I would say like fringe pro bowl caliber production as far as the actual yardage and all that stuff. You know, he's still got some a ways to go to officially put together like a bona fide pro bowl caliber year, but he offers you that. We'll just say instead of fringe pro bowl, we'll just say like solid starter caliber production but it is also a little bit ironic because you've got basically two of the same player. I'll say Cortland Sutton's a, can be a much more dynamic uh, X receiver with what he can do, jump ball stuff and all that. But uh, Tim, he's just so sure you can just trust that dude. He doesn't drop passes. Naj, talk about trust. Trust when we say this. This man is a legend. The lore surrounding this dude's name, you guys know. You don't need me to tell you this. Appreciate you, Naj. Good to see you, big dog. He says, hey, brothers, how long before the team can bridge the gap with the rest of the AFC West? Watching the Chiefs, especially after the Super Bowl, made me hate them even more. Hope this seven-year curse ends now. Uh, Well, honestly, dude, I think you can have a realistically uh, positive expectation for that gap to get bridged, at least in part, this year. I would caution everybody – 
I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I would caution everybody from saying, all right, we got Sean Payton. We're going to be like first place in the AFC West. Um, Look, if you can snap the streak with the Chiefs, snap the streak with the Raiders, which is another ignominious uh, distinction all its own, and kind of position yourself where the Chargers were this year, getting yourself into the playoffs where anything can happen, that would be, to me, the dream for year one under Sean Payton. And I, I'm not predicting that at this very moment, but I'm saying that that's a plausible expectation. Uh, bringing it back to Azani for a second, we'd be remiss not to mention he has a Hall of Famer on his resume as well in Kendall Hinton. So again, he, he's a good receivers coach. I wouldn't say great or excellent. It, it, the Broncos will be fine. It was a good get for the Jets. Uh, moving on, though, the Broncos might bridge the gap against Kansas City quickly. And in by quickly, I mean week one. Peter King reported in his uh, annual or annual weekly Monday mailbag today that the week one possibilities for the season opener against Kansas City could be your Denver Broncos and Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. So we could see the Broncos in prime time. You know, everyone take a tums right now, but could see them in prime time pretty soon. That would be sick. Honestly, I'm not going to. Hey, Sean Payton's here and you don't you can't dread being uh, being on the big stage. So if that's how it shakes out, that's how it shakes out. Michael Ronquillo, what's up, brother? Uh, Jersey on the way. Appreciate everything you do, big dog. Indeed. Buck them. Buck them to H-E double hockey sticks. Okay. Uh, he says he got my t-shirt to my Buckham t-shirt today. Posted my picture on all the MHH podcasts. Go Broncos. Awesome. I will look for that after the stream and we'll, uh, we'll flex them out there on social media. Appreciate your support as always. Big dog, you know this. Um, but Zach, what are your thoughts on some of the rumors we're hearing? We have some articles coming out or an article I should say coming out soon from uh, Nick Kendall on this very subject, a rumor that, you know, we addressed this topic yesterday, Jerry Judy, perhaps, yo, Albert, what's up, bro. Great to see you. Another legend in the house. We missed you. We missed your musk. That's the truth. Okay. Don't make it weird. It's just what it is. Um, but last night, Zach, we talked about the possibility of trading Jerry Judy and both you and I were like, if you're going to trade one of these guys, probably trade Cortland Sutton. And then today rumors coming out that there's a possibility that could very much be a reality. What say you? Yeah. I mean, I maintain the same thing I said last night. I'd rather keep the weaponry around Russell Wilson as much as possible. Every quarterback needs receiving weapons. Russell Wilson in particular, considering his style of play and a healthy Cortland Sutton, a determined Cortland Sutton. That's the big thing. A hungry Sutton is a really good thing for the Broncos offense. But if I had to choose one, I am keeping Jerry Judy all day, every day. He is the best receiver. He is your best offensive player with respect to Russ or Javante Williams. And he's just now not even entering his prime. He's not even scraping the ceiling yet of what he could be. Everyone from that draft class talks about even Henry Ruggs, but C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, all the receivers that came out. No one talks about Jerry Judy. That's about to change. Based on what we saw, the glimpses that we saw last year, how he ended this season with better play calling, better quarterbacking, better coaching, he's going to take two steps forward under Sean Payton, and um, his star is not even beginning to shine yet. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We've got the swashbuckler himself in the house, Gary Palmer, with a very generous super chat. You to man, Gary. Uh, good evening, he says, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I love the rumors and speculating. Who knows? No one. And that's the point. We do, too. It's fun. You know, to me, it's actually, look, I love watching the real thing. All right. On Sundays, I love watching the Broncos. I love watching football. Don't get me wrong. But when it comes to doing what we do, whole, having conversations with each other, having conversations with you guys, it's just more fun you know, sinking our teeth into what could happen, right? Speculating on who they'll hire, who they'll sign, who they'll draft, who they'll fire, all that stuff, man, who they'll trade. It's just compelling. And I think, Zach, maybe that's just the nature of rumor, right? And scuttlebutt and all that. There's just that draw to it, that intrigue that brings us all together. Even before I started covering this business for a paycheck, I always loved the offseason. I always loved free agency and the draft and the combine, the rumors, the speculation. You know, you don't see Aaron Rodgers go to a darkness retreat in October. You see that in February. And what comes from that, the storylines, all the juicy uh, headlines and tidbits, I live for it, man. So I have no problem with it. Want to grab this question from Todd Ostendorf, who's in our chat every single day. Appreciate you, Todd. He wants to know, what do we think is a realistic number of wins for the Broncos in 2023? He says, I know it's early, but it is early. We don't know what the, the free agent picture ultimately ends up being for the Broncos. We don't know what the draft class ends up looking like. We don't know who the defensive coordinator is yet. Don't know the offensive coordinator. So it's early. That being said, Zach, what do you what do you feel like? Because for me, it's, it's like eight, nine wins mm. is the over-under. Um, and right now I would take barely the over on that just because I think Sean Payton is that tide that's going to raise the ships and get Russ back to where he needs to be. I thought we were realistic last year saying 11 and six for the Broncos record. That's that would be plausible, but we were so far from that mark. I don't think we're going to be too far from it this year. Realistic, I agree with you. Nine and eight, I, I think I'm landing on. You don't pay him $18 million a year, give up the draft picks, and also have that investment in Russell Wilson to go eight and nine and finish below 500 yet again. They have to go nine and eight. They have to be in contention for a wild card spot. I think that's a realistically successful season for Sean Payton in year one. Agreed. And look, you know, we can we can look back on some of our predictions or not so much predictions, but just kind of how we eyeballed, how we foresaw things shaking out for the Broncos uh, and laugh a little bit. But look, Russell Wilson, I mean, you look at his resume uh, in Seattle and obviously we didn't realize at the time how how much the uh, 
Nathaniel Hackett regime and their lack of coaching wherewithal overall would offset what I'm about to tell you, but we're we're talking 10, 11, 12, 13 win seasons with the exception of two. That's And so I was like, yeah, Russ is here. Look at all these pieces he's got on offense. Look at the pieces on defense. Let's go. Well, we were wrong. This time, though, Zach, you've got, again, that, that tide that raises, floats all those boats in Sean Payton, and I don't flinch as much. I don't, even in the wake of us being really high about 2020, right, with how Drew Locke finished that 2019 season and us being all gung-ho, even with the pandemic, although we slept on just how big of an impact that would have on a young team with a young quarterback like the Broncos that particular season. But I think eight to nine wins, and even a nine-win team, guys, you go, ah, no, no, we need to be double-digit. In a perfect world, absolutely. But nine wins, you know, if that's kind of the over-under, even if the Broncos hover right there, good chance that's enough to get into the tournament. Because um, you don't know how things are going to pan out with the Chargers. You don't know how things are going to pan out with – uh, the Raiders, you don't know how things will pan out in the AFC. So I think that's a realistic starting point, taking two known entities in a Russ and a Sean Payton and saying, all right, what what's a realistic expectation for these two forces coming together? I think nine is solid. I think it's realistic to predict the Broncos ending the streak against the Raiders, ending the streak against the Chiefs. I think it's realistic for Sean Payton to get Russell Wilson back to playing at a respectable level. And I think it's realistic to predict the Broncos to be nine and eight, maybe even 10 and seven if things break their way. They have a really talented defense. They have a solid, I would say, some sort of foundation on offense. But what the missing ingredient is the coach and the coaching. And unlike previous years, Chad, they are going to face adversity. That's every year, every coach. But unlike previous years, they have someone who's been around it before, been through it before, a coach with experience, not a rookie going through his first time. That is going to help this team grow exponentially and kind of microwave their progress to where they could be a contending team by the end of the year. Well said. Michael Davis, um, I I was kind of kicking myself after – um, last night's show because I, I think I opened the show saying something like, man, here we are having to get used to weekends without football again, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you had the USFL firing off my sons like that, you know, USFL. Like, oh, yeah, but anyway, Mike's saying here, Priest, have you watched any USFL yet? Wade Phillips gets a win. Paxton Lynch benched. I like some of the rule changes. Let it breathe, baby. I won't lie, guys. I haven't watched any yet, but I will. Zach, have you? I did see that Wade. I didn't see any games, but I read that, you know, Wade got a win. And the Paxton Lynch thing to me is hilarious. I'm not trying to dump on him, but he's got to go down with the Jamarcus Russells and the Ryan Leafs as one of the biggest bust quarterback or not in NFL history. How do you get into the USFL and get benched? Didn't he throw a pick six in the XFL or whatever it was? I can't keep up with the different leagues, but one of his first passes in one of those leagues was a pick six. He is just a terrible quarterback who has no business suiting up in any league. It's pretty sad. I mean, I guess his only saving grace comparing him to a Leaf or a Jamarcus is he wasn't a top three pick. You know, where did Leaf go? Scott, was he? He was top five. Was he two? Right, right after Peyton. Um, Jamarcus, number one. At least Paxton can say, yeah, but I was like number 26. I don't Dude, remember you, Ryan Leaf or Jamarcus crying on the sideline in any territory. Go. You cried on the bench, which, hey, fine, whatever. You know, 
big boys cry sometimes too when they get the boo-boo whatever i'm not impervious to the realities of pain and sorrow and anguish but you can't do it in the black hole i'm sorry you can't yo renardo throwing down very generous pardon me super chat um and by the way check this out while we're at it and then we're going to grab this super chat from him we've got updated rankings for the month of february thanks to mr producer himself as you guys know Top five finishers on Super Chat in the month uh, in question. Their name's going a hat. We draw randomly at the end of each month. Winner from the raffle gets to pick a Denver Broncos jersey of their choosing. We ship it out. It's a small way that we can give back and say thank you for this great support we get. And Renardo, who's throwing down big time, as you can see, he's top five, and we're basically about almost three-quarters of the way through the month. So Deanna Hendry currently – in the pole position with the Duchess, Michaela, at number two, F.A. at three, GLP, the swashbuckler himself, at four, and then there's Renardo and a few other great names, D-Dub at six, Luke, seven, Sam Bam, seven, uh, tied there, uh, John, a.k.a. D-Generation X, DWI guys, Naj. So much love and respect uh, to each and every one of you who support, and we'll be doing something fun on Facebook as well. So just like we did last month, Mike's got a Mike's got a jersey coming his way, Michael Ronquillo. Um, for just going gangbusters. So, Renardo, thank you, buddy. He says, hi, Priest. I seriously believe KJ Hamler was miss slash underused in Nathaniel Hackett's system. What do you see from him in the Sean Payton system? Well, I think sky's the limit, but first things first, stay on the field, my dog. Yeah. Stay on the field. This is why it's all interconnected, right? It's all symbiotic. You bring in Dalrymple, you upgrade, or at least that's the hope. You change a few things on the strength and conditioning program, their approach, all that stuff. And that can be another tide that raises all ships because as buffoonish as the coaching was last year, Zach, we don't know the limits of what this team might have been able to achieve if they suffer 20% fewer injuries, 30%, 50%, whatever, right? The, the, the more you go, you go, gosh, dang it, man. If you had Randy Gregory rocking, uh, ready to roll in the immediate aftermath of the Bradley Chubb trade. You can go across the board, Garrett Bowles at left tackle, but as it relates specifically to KJ, first things first, stay healthy, my dog, because the talent he's got, it's undeniable. I mean, it jumps off the the screen when you're watching football, the speed, the twitch, um, solid hands. So I think his skill set. You know, Sean Payton's a guy that can, you know, he's an inspector gadget, so to speak. He'll find ways to use that type of player. I don't want to call KJ a gadget player because he's not, but he'll find ways to use those twitchy kind of versatile guys uh, to their strengths. And all of a sudden they're reaching limits that you never know, you never realize or knew or even possible for them. But first thing first, you got to stay healthy. And then if you can't stay healthy or if the team, Zach, has any reason to believe you're not going to be available, there's no guarantee he stay, he's even on the roster come September. So keep that in mind. But I still am going to be optimistic in KJ and just hope he can get healthy. Yeah, I mean, you and Scott both said the point I was going to make is that we might not see him in a Sean Payton system. He might be expendable. They do have Montreal, Washington. They have a couple other young speedsters. And I hate to say it, but just a speedy receiver, they're a dime a dozen in the NFL. It's You have to do more than that. You have to win with your route tree and win with a little more physicality than what KJ brings to the table. And I'm a KJ fan. 
you know, what he went through with his, his, the loss of his grandmother, the hip dislocation, the torn knee to come back from that and battle like he did. I have a lot of respect for the emotion he showed last year, but you, you can't really blame Hackett. You can't blame Lauren Landau because Hamler's injuries, his hamstring issues in particular date back to college. It's a guy who is consistently hurt and you can't make the club from the tub. It's cliche, but true. So as long as Hamler remains out, he's further behind the eight ball. And remember, Sean Payton has zero investment in KJ Hamler. If he wants to move on with another speedy type of receiver, if he wants to draft one, sign one, whatever, he will have that autonomy. And KJ's on the outside looking in. Albert, appreciate you, brother. Hope you're doing well. Give our best to Michelle and the family. He says, I saw an article that Bill Belichick praising Sean Payton, and who knows, the Chiefs might lose their great coach, Andy Reid, if he goes, if he does retire, makes uh, makes it great. But Andy is the brain for this, uh, for his team or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting too, Zach, when you see you know Belichick and Peyton are both sprigs off the uh, Bill Parcells tree. And it was interesting. I'm trying to remember Zach if it was his introductory presser. I think it was, or if it was one of the Super Bowl pressers. I'm pretty sure it was intro. It was his intro presser, but. That little uh, anecdote he dropped, metaphor, you know, hey, if you how how much the Saints tried to copycat and just model the Patriots over his time there, because you know to loosely quote him, you know, if you're opening a pizza shop and one of your competitors across the street has a line out the door, don't you know want to know what how they're baking their crust or whatever? And it's interesting that Belichick is uh, reciprocal of some of that praise because Sean Payton. Always been a guy that pushes the envelope. He's done it in ways, obviously, at times in his past that also push the bounds of the ethical. But he's a guy like Belichick that is always stretching those limits. And more often than not, it's to the great betterment and, you know, asset, so to speak, for his team. You know, we saw... Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, the results haven't been good. You know, we saw Andy Reid without Mahomes, and he was still a damn good coach. It's unfortunate that the Chiefs have both a Hall of Fame coach and Hall of Fame quarterback on the same squad year in and year out. And Albert, we all want Andy Reid to finally walk away, but he said right after winning his another title that, you know, he'll come back if they'll have him back. And he still loves coaching. He has a, a, a young heart for it. So we're stuck with Andy Reid in the West. Fortunately, the Broncos finally have a coach who's, I would say, at or near Andy Reid's level. Before the playoff run, they had a comparable winning percentage. It was right there, Sean Payton and Andy Reid. So we're not looking to, in year one, overtake Kansas City. That wouldn't be realistic. To be realistic would be to end the streak and compete. Go toe-to-toe, hang with Mahomes, and hang with Andy Reid, and finally the Broncos have the brain power to do just that. Marcus, appreciate you, brother. He wants to know, do you think Nick Benito will be back? I thought he had quite a good first season. Of course, he will be back. He's a second-round pick, one year removed, and um, he sh- he flashed at times. Look, Benito could be end up, when we look back on this era of Broncos football and Zach and I are long in the tooth and gray in the beard, we look back on this era, Benito could go on to be a Mount Rushmore figure in the destiny of this team. But if that's going to happen, man, he's got to really, um, he's got to bulk up and he's got to figure out how to be a balanced edge defender. All right. He's got to, uh, he's got to figure out how to, how to 
set the edge. Let me just put it that way. Cause he can, he can rush the passer, but he's also got to have some few other moves that he throws out there. Cause NFL level offensive tackles quickly got wise to his bag of tricks. So, but that's part of developing. Well, so we'll see Drake brother. He says, Zach, I read your Dan Dalrymple piece, the new strength and conditioning coach question that may sound ridiculous. Which group benefits most from him, right? Arriving as the new strength coach, Sean Payton loves him. Do you think he has say over who gets more or less of the strength training, etc.? Zach, directly uh, addressing you. So your thoughts. I'm not going to keep saying Dalrymple. I'm going to just go with Double D. I like that a lot more than I do Dalrymple. Naturally, of course, the the whole team is going to benefit from Dalrymple's arrival. I mean, I never saw Landau winning strength and conditioning coach of the year awards. Uh, Dalrymple was a consistent figure in, in the Sean Payton tenure. I mean, he was there throughout from 06 through 2021 into 2022, and they won pretty much every year. They had winning records. They had top-ranked offenses. Based on what I saw from Saints fans, they didn't have too many ACL injuries, nothing too devastating. And if the Broncos can just cut that in half, if they go from 20 players to 10 players or eight players or whatever on IR, that would benefit them. And Chad pointed out perfectly the butterfly effect of having a better strength and conditioning coach in place. You have an injury-prone player like K.J. Hamler, couldn't stay healthy under the previous regime. You have a better strength coach now who keeps K.J. Hamler healthy. K.J. benefits the offense. Everyone wins. Everyone gets better. That's the uh, the benefit of upgrading at that spot. Yeah. It, 100% agreed on that front. And Drake, dude, thank you. Two super uh, super chats yeah. one night, dude. You're you're an absolute beast. Um Tom, good to see you, brother. Thank you for the super chat. He says, "I would not trade Jerry Judy. His route running is one of the best I've seen ever. You can scheme him open every play. He will be a big part of Sean's offense." Yeah, it was um it was interesting because Lance Sanderson wrote a piece uh, a couple weeks back on um, Cortland Sutton and just kind of where he fits what the Sean Payton hire might mean for him. And he brought up Michael Thomas and really it was kind of comparing who on this offense in the wide receiver room could fit the Michael Thomas role that, that was carved out with Sean Payton in new Orleans and Cortland Sutton was floated because you know, look, Michael Thomas was known or is known uh, within NFL front office circles as the slant god, meaning just you need a slant, it's freaking third and six, and you need to get that seven yards, run that slant, connect with Michael Thomas. Cortland Sutton could be that guy. I've always been – it's actually surprised me, Zach, how much um, – not how much, how little he's been able to maximize that frame of his – in that way, like to be a, become like a, we'll call him a slant demigod, but Jerry Judy, this is a long winded way of getting to the point here. I think Jerry Judy might actually be more apt to be that guy, not just as a slant guy, but as he said, I mean, his route running, he can, he can get open on his own. He doesn't even necessarily need the scheme. You know, when you talk about scheming a guy open, that dude gets open, but I think the possibilities are endless for how he could help your team. Whereas with Cortland Sutton, if we're talking about trades and whatnot, with court because Broncos do have a, a a gap to bridge relative to the draft, all the capital they've given up these last two off seasons. Um, you know, Cortland Sutton, someone might be expendable. I'm hoping it's not Jerry Judy. We'll see. The latest rumors they actually have a little a little something to him is that Cortland Sutton could be that guy. 
Well, that's the beauty about JJ. He's not just an inside guy. He's not just an outside guy. You can play him all over the formation. And in fact, when the Broncos finally took their head out of their, you know, where and moved him to X, he started taking off and thriving. Um, we knew he was a really good route runner. We knew his separation ability was elite. And to Hackett's credit, I'm not going to say this too often, he actually schemed Jerry Judy open a lot. The problem was Russell Wilson either couldn't find Judy or didn't have time to find Jerry Judy behind that O-line. So again, you hold on to him, you start to nurture and massage the prospect that he is, and you're going to have maybe a top five guy in a couple years. I am absolutely you know, driving the JJ bandwagon at this point. Taylor, thank you for your patience. Thank you for the super chat, big dog. It's great to see you. You have become a bona fide MHH super chat superstar. He says, Sean Payton taking his time is a good thing. Why is Vance Joseph even being discussed though? Horrible coach overall. Also, uh, been, it's been a while, but go Broncos uh, for life, MHH for life. Love it. Appreciate you, Taylor. And I saw another topic on this same uh, or question, pardon me, on this same topic from a uh, different cat. Who was it? Heath. Heath on YouTube. Shout out to Heath, who's impatient about, hey, get these coordinators hired. Dak Gummit. Taylor's saying, I'm fine with it. Uh, Zach, your thoughts on the timetable, all right, that, that the Broncos are taking here with regard to their hires and um, just overall Taylor's topic there. He told you, Sean Payton, in the intro presser that he was going to take his time. He said, uh, slow to hire, quick to fire. I love his due diligence. I, I love that sort of tenacity and turning over every rock to find that gem. I mean, looking at someone like Rex Ryan, for example, Sean Desai, those are good choices. I don't want VJ. I think he's been incredibly fortunate to have a job as a coordinator or the Broncos head coach, wherever he's when his defense has broken down. They were extremely bad and vulnerable last year. I don't know necessarily what Sean Payton sees in VJ, but that's why I believe that Rex is the favorite. He just brings way, way more to the table and the resumes are not comparable in the slightest. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. Um, Clayton at, uh, by the way, we learned Clayton on Facebook recently got engaged from what it sounds like. So big congrats yes. to Clayton. Pop the question. Good for you, big dog. And thank you for the stars. He wants to know, uh, he says, evening guys, working a lot. What do you think of all our hires? 13 and four, I think Russ is going to have a, uh, going to be com a comeback player of the year. Yeah, dude. Uh, first of all, we have, if you're wondering all the coaches that have been hired, so as of this moment, six coaches have been hired under Sean Payton. There's an article up uh, that's riffing off of Zach's tweet earlier today on that subject if you want a quick refresher on who exactly has been hired. But, Zach, for me, so far it's so good. You know, the guys that he is surrounding himself with, Sean Payton on staff, these and hiring, these are either guys he has direct experience working with or direct ties, and all of them have skins on the wall. You know, especially yeah. – coming out of this last regime where you had a first-time head coach and all three coordinators holding their position were first-timers in their respective jobs. It's a little too much new, and it, that's how it came out as far as the wash when it was all said and done. This time around, Sean Payton, you know, he's taking his time. Some Broncos fans are getting a little nervous and impatient with that. I'm not, um, but he's. it seems like he's making solid hires. Now, a lot of these, we, we won't know exactly how it pans out 
until we get to look back through the lens of history, even one year's worth of, of history. But so far, I would say solid. I feel really solid, Zach, about the hire so far. What say you? I do as well. And we have the biggest one still to come with the OC and DC. I love the Westoff hire. You know, he's a legendary figure. He's going to help special teams, but as the assistant head coach, he's going to help the overall team. He's like a better version of Jerry Rossberg. So if you liked Rossberg last year, and I certainly became a big fan of his, Mike Westoff will have the same leveling effect and stability for the organization. But I'm going to tell you the coach I'm most excited about right now that no one's talking about, and that's Logan Kilgore who they hired as a quality control coach and a passing game coordinator, so to speak. He's only 32 years old, but he worked with Arch Manning at Newman High School. Uh, and Arch had, I think he threw, he had 35 total touchdowns and a career high 130.3 rating. Um, before that, he worked with Butch Jones at Arkansas State, helped with passing concepts. It seems like, Chad, Sean Payton has an aversion to younger coaches. He wants an older, experienced staff. The one young guy and fresh brain guy they hired so far has been Kilgore. And I'm excited to see what he can do with Russell Wilson. Me too, man. Me too. But the thing that, you know, makes everybody, I think sleep a little better at night is regardless of how these coaching hires continue to shake out on the offensive side, including coordinator. At the end of the day, the buck stops with Sean Payton. Yeah. Because he's the head coach, but also because it's his offense. He'll be calling the plays. He'll be scheming things up. That should be a great comfort to Broncos fans. Tom, number two tonight. Thank you, buddy. He says five NFL draft, four mock drafts, three free agency, two NFL Sundays when Denver wins, one mile high pod. You guys are the best Hall of Fame. Uh, you're a prince. You, now, look, appreciate if, you. if I didn't have this scraggly beard, you'd be able to see how much I'm blushing right now. So, Tom, you're a prince. Thank you, bud. Orange, bro. Appreciate you. He says, am I crazy to think the Broncos are in a win-win sitch? If Russ is good, we can make a run. And if he's bad, we get a shot at drafting the future. I mean, that's a I'm an optimistic type of cat. All right. I'm like a glass half full guy uh as a rule. Um, so I don't I don't fault you, Orange, for looking at it that way. I don't know that I would quite view it as a win-win if he doesn't work out because Broncos still wouldn't have a first-round pick next year, which is a bummer, right? Or my, yeah, I'm starting to get these seasons all strung together, Zach, and jumbled because of how these last two off seasons have been so tectonic with the with the trades, you know, ground shifting underneath my feet. But you know, if the Broncos had solid, more solid draft position, I would view that orange as as a possible more of a possible win-win. Yeah, I consider myself an optimist as well, but I'm also at heart a realist. And uh, realistically, Sean Payton will have his choice of quarterback if Russell Wilson does not pan out. They're not going to saddle him. The owners, wow, Renardo. Let me just finish my thought real quick. They're not going to saddle him, uh, Sean, for the duration of his contract with a quarterback he doesn't think he can win with. So if Russ proves unfixable, unsalvageable, irreparable, whatever, then they will have their choice of quarterback with a first-round pick back. So it is a win-win in that sense. And NFL.com, you know, the, the way they categorized it is they they worry. I think Nick had this article for us. They worry that Russ has reached the point of no return, um, which I don't agree he's there yet. You know, if if he wouldn't have finished on a positive note that season, I might be a little bit more inclined to buy into some of that. But I still – would just be like, look, I don't believe in coincidence. I don't believe that this guy goes from 
future Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler in 10 years uh, in the league to his first and one year in Denver. He regresses to the point of no return. No, no, no. Look at who was coaching him. It's not a coincidence. Renardo, holy smokes, dude. 200 club alert. Renardo with his second very generous super chat of the night. But this one, man, is putting him in some rarefied air. Thank you, bro. Seriously. I don't know what more I can say other than I hope you understand that what you guys do supporting us literally keeps this happening, keeps the lights on and allows us to do other things, whether it's budgeting for creating merch, budgeting to create new shows, budgeting to hire more writers to create more content for you guys. So seriously, love it. Appreciate you so much, Renardo. He says, I'm not sure if you've done a deep dive into the free agents, but is there any one player on offense and defense that you think could bring some toughness? Way too many times last year, we got pushed around. Zach? Um, we'd have to pull it. We haven't done a free agent deep dive yet. We'll do that as uh, the signing period gets. I, I see what Scott said, though, in the side chat. He recommends Fletcher Cox or Javon Hargraves, a couple defensive linemen the Broncos could bring in. I do not disagree. I would also like to keep Draymond Jones if I could. But here's my cop-out answer, Renardo. The toughness and tenacity and attitude and mindset, that's going to come from the coaches. I mean, they they will take on the the complexity of their coaching staff and what was Nathaniel Hackett? A pushover. He was kind of weak. He was everyone's best friend and hugging everyone he saw. Sean Payton and Rex Ryan and Dan Dalrymple and, and the like, they're not going to stand for that. They're going to um, instill that sort of us versus you mentality. And if you watch the video I put up of Rex Ryan giving the speech when he was the Jets coach, he goes, we're going to, we know we're better than you. We're going to go out there and we're going to beat the F out of you. I mean, when is the last time the Broncos have that sort of mindset? It's going back to the Wade Phillips years and the Gary Kubiak years. So that's where it starts. And I think they'll all improve based on the coaching. Yeah, there's there's still a lot, Renardo. Um, this is not a cop-out. We'll circle back. We could go through it right now on Spot Track if you want with some of the free agent names. I mean, I think for the privilege, uh, you deserve it. But, you know, on the offensive side, you want to talk about toughness. I think it's going to start up front on the offensive line. And just for the sake of this conversation, Zach, let's assume the Broncos are not going to trade Garrett Bulls, And at worst, they do some kind of a contract restructure. So, that would mean you would have Bowles returning at left tackle, uh, Quinn Miners returning at right guard. So that leaves left guard, Dalton Reisner is a free agent, uh, center because Cushenberry's not it, Graham Glasgow, not it. He's a prime cap casualty. I would be shocked if Glasgow were to survive this coaching turnover, this new regime. So, and then right tackle. So there's a few names here. And one of them that jumps out as far as uh, toughness, he's a guy that y'all know. Connor McGovern, right? Former fifth round pick of this team out of Mizzou who left Denver just as he was blossoming as a starting center. He started his career in Denver as a right guard. Then they tried him at center. The Case Keenum year, Zach, if I'm not mistaken, was his his one year as a starter. Then he hit free agency, left for for the Jets for some, some big money. I would not be opposed. This dude is strong, especially at the center position. He gives you a nice balance of that athletic, you know, a penchant, the ability to, if you wanted to do some of the zone stuff, but also just the mono a mono man in a phone booth strength and just the mindset, toughness at center. The question would be, though, Zach, how much would you got to pay him? Because his 2022 AAV 
$9 million. So you've got to create some cap space. Broncos are going to be decent when you get that rollover as far as cap space, and they can create more with a few wise strategic cuts. Already mentioned Glasgow, uh, Ronald Darby. So any of these names, though, jump out to you as far as bringing some toughness, and I can move it to whatever position you want. Well, you're right. McGovern's been a, a popular name that people have connected to the Broncos as a potential signing. Orlando Brown would be freaking great, but I think he's going to be tagged by Kansas City again. Uh, if we're talking about just best available linemen, I, I like Caleb McGarry, the right tackle from the Falcons. Mike McGlinchey, the right tackle from the 49ers. That's a guy that I would throw a big bag at. He's only, let's say, 26 or 28, still young. 28 regardless, and uh, he would be a mainstay at right tackle finally. Um, I'm blanking on his name right now. I think it's Ben Powers from the Ravens, the left guard. He would bring some tenacity and that nasty road grading ability and mindset. Um, And I saw a comment real quick that said the from Todd Moyer, our O-line got punked all season that it's not coaching. It was mostly the same players when Mike Munchak was there, and then Butch Berry and Nathaniel Hackett came in, and the O-line fell apart. So I would wager, and I would disagree, that a lot of it is coaching. Flipping the conversation, though, to the defensive side, Fletcher Cox would be great. I mean, he's been elite for the majority of his career. I agree with Javon Hargrave. Who else? I don't want anything to do with Jadevian Clowney. Uh, in Gakwe, not really. He got a lot of heat based on what I saw uh, from Colts writers last year. Anyone jump out to you on the defensive side? Well, first of all, Fletcher Cox is a no-brainer. Uh, he's a, he's getting long in the tooth, but yeah, this is a guy that if you can get two more solid years of production out of him, which I think you can. I mean, seven sacks last year, twelve quarterback hits. But dude, look at this: the entire Eagles defensive line is hitting free agency, dude. Yeah. Fletcher Cox, Robert Quinn, Brandon Graham, Javon Hargrave. Uh, this is wild. But um, Hargrave, I agree with Scott. Fletcher Cox, Hargrave. Um, I like – I like. Uh, I would be interested to, to as a little bit – well, Dalvin Tomlinson, I don't know, actually, as I think about this. Jadevian Clowney, he would want too much for what he's probably able to provide you at this point. Um Akeem Hicks, if he's got any gas left in the tank, but I don't think so. I mean, look, one one sack last year, four quarterback hits. Seems like that ship has sailed. Um, there's some names that we could get. Ta- uh, Tavin Bryan is a younger guy that I think might be able to provide you some sneaky production. This was a guy that Nick was absolutely in love with. Was it Florida, Scott, he came out of, I think, uh, back in the day with – I think Jacksonville was his original team. There's there are some interesting guys here that could upgrade defensive line for the for the Broncos. And, you know, that's really I mean, you think of it more as a strength than what it really is, because outside of DJ Jones, as far as what you can count on in in 2023, Zach, Mike Purcell, we'll see if he survives this coaching regime. He might be a cap casualty. Draymond Jones, I like the possibility of him coming back, but I'm not convinced he's going to be worth the money that he's likely to command, whether that's via a franchise tag or an actual extension. And there are some names on that list that I think you could you could get two guys to to both of whom might feasibly, plausibly be individual upgrades over Draymond Jones. You could get two, maybe three of those names that we just looked at for what it would cost you to get one Draymond Jones back. So Draymond Jones, really good interior pass rusher, hasn't ever been able to develop into anything more than that, which to me 
doesn't make him worth, you know, you talk about juice being worth the squeeze here and we're, and all those salary cap dollars that he would command. Eh, maybe, maybe go a different direction. I'm not necessarily advocating for that, but depends on what he's looking for. I definitely am not advocating for the Broncos to franchise tag Draymond Jones though. I also saw Marcus Davenport on there and uh, Sean Payton knows him. Well, that could be a sneaky low risk signing. Maybe we disagree slightly, but I feel like we haven't seen the best of Draymond Jones. And I feel like someone like Rex Ryan and being on a winning team hopefully would bring the best out of Draymond. And my personal opinion is I'd rather not blow the extra money on a mid player like a Dalvin Tomlinson. That money could go toward Draymond, bring him back with DJ Jones, maybe add a young guy in the draft or throw a little bit of money at Marcus Davenport. And then those are players that I would like to go to war with. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do at linebacker with Alex Singleton because it looked like you had a nice duo going there with Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton, but now he's hitting the free agent market. You get back into the juice being worth the squeeze. How much is he going to command? What's he worth? How do other teams view him? We'll see. Uh, But, Renardo, you're a prince, dude. Thank you for the support. John jumping in. Brother, thank you. He says, after going back and watching some of the Jets' defense and the Ravens, if it's Rex Ryan – Get excited, especially with the Broncos secondary. Dude, yeah. I'm not worried about the game passing him by thing just because, first of all, he was born and bred in the NFL. His dad is Buddy Ryan, for crying out loud. And since he's been out of the league as a coach, he's been at ESPN covering the game every single day. So Rex Ryan would be a A-list get. Uh, but is Denver the quote-unquote perfect situation for Rex? Because – I got to assume, Zach, that when we talk about Adam Schefter's report that he'll only leave the uh, the lucrative trappings of, of media for the perfect situation, that half that equation is dollar-dollar bills. Well, good news is you've got an ownership group that can afford that. The other half is, you know, hey, do I have a compliment on the other side from a coaching quarterback perspective to keep us competitive? Yes, you got that in Sean Payton, and you've got a guy in Russ. And then do I have the pieces defensively to make, hey, there's some moving parts there. I'm not sure on that one quite yet. There's some talent. Don't get me wrong. You got PS2. You got Justin Simmons. You've got Randy Gregory if you can keep him healthy. You got DJ Jones up front. But there's also a lot of unknowns with Draymond, Alex Singleton. You're going to have to replace one starting safety for sure because Kareem, he fell off a cliff big time last year. But I still think this is uh, lining up nicely for Rex Ryan, and then we'll grab Gary. I don't worry too much about Rex being away from the game. It's not like he forgot how to coach. It's not like he, you know, totally lost his defensive stroke. You're talking about a guy who in his first year as coordinator in 06, he led his unit to the number one ranked finish in the NFL. The guy is just, like Chad said, has coaching mastermind and coaching guru-ness, if that's a word, running through his veins quite literally. Uh, but a lot of cover zero would be covering the, the Broncos way. A lot of blitzes, a lot of aggressiveness, a lot of chance taking. But I think that would benefit them based on their personnel. And something Vic Fangio told Peter King uh, during his year away, he had a film study room set up where he still watched the games and watched the defensive Uh, schemes around the league and he kept up with it I have no doubt that Rex Ryan did the same thing and in fact like you mentioned covering the NFL and being involved in ESPN and all 32 teams has probably made him more familiar than he would have been if he was just outright retired I am not apprehensive about Rex Ryan I am willing to bring him in now ASAP cut that check 
Gary, thank you for number two. And guys, we're about out of time, so we got to rapid fire our great superstars who remain here. Gary says, a side note on trading Sutton is that we have Patrick coming back, and he is a slant guy for sure. Yes, excellent point. And that's why stars align for Sutton potentially being expendable, especially if you can get decent capital back, Zach, on uh, Cortland Sutton. I mean, even if it's a third-round pick, because Patrick's coming back, you got Judy established. You could still have KJ who could turn a corner. You got a couple of other younger receivers that might blossom in a in a Sean Payton scheme. I wouldn't I I wouldn't be opposed to it. A year ago, I would have been saying the opposite. A year ago, I'd be saying probably no, maybe consider more Jerry Judy, although still too early to no, no, no. Cortland Sutton just didn't jive for whatever reason. He and Russ just couldn't get on the same page. Why does it have to be either or? That's what I don't understand about this proposition. Why not have both receivers? They're under contract. They can budget them into the salary cap, no problem. And the more the merrier for Russell Wilson. Even if Cortland Sutton and TP are the same player, there's no such thing as having too many weapons. Um, Chris, dude, thank you, bro. Seriously. Legendary Mount Rushmore member of our community. Jumping in with a, a super chat here at the 11th hour. It says, got to keep those lights on. Awesome content. Keep it up, fellas. Yeah, right back at you, bro. Thank you, Chris. Good to see you. Still, your profile pic, still one of my favorites all time on uh, YouTube. So you're a prince. But, uh, guys, we are uh, out of time. We're at the one-hour mark. We got to bounce on out of here. A couple more will get rapid fire like Keith. Thank you for the support, Keith. You say, I hope coaching can help Lloyd Cushenberry. Outside of minors, he's the only young O-line worth investing in. Uh, all due respect, I'm not convinced he is worth investing in anymore. He's got a big brain, and maybe the right offensive line coach, Zach Streif coming in, could be the guy that finally unlocks things. But the only thing I could really say for Cush was that he was an Iron Man for a stretch there. But his play on the field, you turn it on, dude, whether it's a run game or the passing game, dude was a liability more often than not. But you can still maintain that optimistic outlook, Zach, because he does have that big brain and he is a great leader, etc. So we'll see. And Mike, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. As always, the stars, the support, your prince. Your thoughts, though, on Cush, and then we'll get out of here. I think the only thing that can save him is the weight room. He's not strong enough, but even that might not be enough. Doesn't seem like he has. We talked about tenacity and that nasty road grading mindset you want for an offensive lineman. I haven't seen that from Cush. I think they'll have a new starting center. So I kind of disagree that he's not worth investing in. I liked him when he came out. I was happy the Broncos drafted him, but it hasn't worked out. Time to move on. All right, guys, before you leave, we got a few messages for you. So don't dip out quite yet. Yes, sir. That was the Mile High Huddle podcast. Be sure you're following us on Twitter at the MHH pod. Also the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. Chad at Chad and Jensen. Myself at Kelberman NFL. And Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want a brand new Buckham t-shirt or a hat, anything else, check out MHHmerch.com. New website. Great inventory, I promise you. And also Facebook.com slash MileHuddlePod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. And if you haven't, boys and girls, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every single freaking month. But if anything, guys, please do these three things. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. Shout out to our great supporters on Facebook tonight. Marcus, Keith, Clayton, Mike. Love you guys on YouTube. Super chat superstars like Sam Bam, Michaela Israel, Drake, David McElrath, Naj, 
Gary, Michael Davis, uh, Tom Lackoff, Taylor Christensen, Renardo going off the chain, uh, Orange, John, a.k.a. D-Generation X, uh, Chris Hernandez, and I, I, I might have already mentioned it, but the swashbuckler himself, Gary Palmer. Much love and respect, guys. We'll see you on Thursday, Zach and I, but tons of great MHH pods to come between now and then. And as always, the link for that uh, Buckham t-shirt in the description of this video, whether you're on YouTube or Facebook, just click on that and take you straight to the ordering uh, page. Have a great start to your week, guys. We'll see you Thursday night. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.